Well, it happened. We came back. We're here. Did I you think miss us? everybody missed us, except I noticed one commenter on the iTunes that said, I think it was one star mm. and it said worst podcast ever. And I, I hope he's I like see that. going to hate listen to this where he's just been waiting, waiting. And he checks every day if we posted a new one, just to feel that fire, that burning anger, because whoever is doing that, posting a comment like that is either my ex-girlfriend or just a horrible person, or they may be the same person. Well, it's, it's a person who uh, had no idea of the absolute hellscape to come. He thought that listening to us talk fake smart about dumb TV was the worst thing in his life. Uh, oh, ye of little faith, a pandemic was around. Or maybe before. the pandemic and everything happened um, because we stopped doing the podcast. I think that's right. I think that I, that has to be the answer. Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. We had four uh, great episodes in the can uh, ready to drop. And then we, um, you know, life happened and we took a, a very, very extended break. A two-year vacation. Um, but the episode you're about to hear is a two-year vacation. Uh, the episode you're about to hear is from the before times. Um, and there's a few more of these too. So we probably will talk jovially about life. Um, and about our jobs and about going to bars and uh, taking walks Hanging in the neighborhood. Friends, seeing um, your family, not. Yeah, hugging, hugging. But now and that I'm hearing hands. you say all the things we did before, okay, I never spoke po positively about any of my jobs. <laughs> we did go to bars. We saw friends. We saw family. Yeah. Life, like the yeah. world was still terrible, but yeah. it wasn't as obvious. You had to like look for psychos like us and people our ilk to, to, to see. Right reality put on the reality goggles but now everyone's got those freaking goggles on yeah yeah the veil has finally been lifted uh and it just took a, a pandemic and unrest social unrest in america um look the point is as mentioned the episode that you're about to hear is not from pandemic times it is from the pre-pre-pandemic times uh but a twinkle in our eye um the fee the, the thing so this we all is like a, it's like a meta nostalgia so anyway, listen because we're in a, it's like a nostalgia play to talk about hey arnold at all and now you can literally time travel back into a less worse past and i mean i think a lot of us right would take less worse at this point yeah um yeah, maybe maybe it'll be the thing that everyone needed, and maybe people will start. I think that masks. is what happened. Yeah, it'll will people. Yeah, they'll just have like a better outlook on life. Maybe they'll get that job. You know what I mean? Maybe that they'll get a little unemployment. Which yeah, yeah. Well, look, you're about to hear uh, us intro all over again uh, because we already recorded that. So you know, you're gonna hear us talk about the episode as if the pandemic doesn't exist. We're telling you now, it does time-stamped it exists but hopefully hearing the innocence in our voices will bring you a smile and uh come back for more we'll we have a few more uh, on the docket and then we're starting to record stuff too so um nostalgia yeah, power enjoy the episode hour. it's about to start that's right right now hello and welcome to handled hey it's Corey vaughn with adam samaha and we're back. It's season three. Thank you for waiting so patiently. 
Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Um, today we're talking about uh, Helga Blabs All, Blabs All, written by Craig Bartlett and directed by Tuck Tucker. Um, this is the first episode of season three as listed on Hulu. Um, but by the way, they just released the complete series on DVD, like a re-release, and it has both movies, all the episodes, um, I think some commentary and stuff. So if you're sick of paying for that Hulu, just get the... I don't even have a way to watch DVDs. What's a DBD? DBD. Also, Craig, anytime you want, give us a call. Yeah. We'll take that call. Speaking of Craig, he wrote this episode, and it's yep. really good. And I think he needs to contact us. That's true. Give us our just desserts. Can't, just desserts, nothing else. Yeah, I, I just like dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good episode. We talk uh, about um, ghosts in houses. We talk about technology. Uh-huh. And we we break and Helga and Harold as well. Yeah, that's right. Wait, we do what? Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a really good. Um, it, it's a it's a great plot episode that happens to have some fun uh, uh, Reddit style theories that we we like we enjoyed talking about. We did Reddit without going on Reddit, which I think is the perfect way to engage with Reddit. Whoa. Which is not at all. <laughs> Whoa! Well, I went there. I did it. Whoa! Getting political here. Yeah. Um, we also forgot to uh, name the uh, episode or the the song that we play at the end, so we're gonna name it now. Corey's private school education is gonna show right now, and this beautiful French pronunciation. Uh, it is by the band Cortex, and the song is called "Trop Bleu" on the album named uh, "The Same." <laughs> and if you think you can pronounce that better than us, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Um. Yeah, thanks for jumping in. Um, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, this is a, this is a serious subject. Hey, Arnold. People is. people are like, you're still doing that podcast, and I said we're recording the third season soon. <laughs> because if we don't, who, who will? will? Well, nope. there there is someone else that will, and they are, I think, still. Uh, so she's nice. She's a nice lady. Yeah, she's. St- um, that was the vacant lot, and that is yeah. not. Uh, currently in production um there are many 90s cartoon podcasts many 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 but we were the fucking first at least for harold Mm -hmm. definitely um there's like 90s shows that do like one episode of harold here one there no no we're doing the whole series (laughs) (laughs) um adam was like should we keep doing this a couple weeks ago and i said yes we are gonna keep doing we can't let these one-off assholes take the spot the top spot exactly uh you know what just we're blabbing too much. We'll let Helga blab all. Uh, enjoy this episode of Hey Arnold. Nice. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. This is our quick summary about Helga blabs all. How does she blab all? She's at the dentist. She has a cavity. She's a little anxious, but the dentist, a mix between Bing Crosby and Troy McClure, says, Helga, what about some laughing gas? Helga says, does it actually make you laugh? It doesn't. It brings your anxiety down. So much so that Helga not only doesn't even care about the cavity change, she doesn't even care about her undying love for Arnold. She starts talking about it. She's not embarrassed about it. She reveals 
kind of a uh, uh, insane reveal that two thirds of her life has been in love. She's been in love with Arnold. Uh, and so what does she decide to do? Call the kid. She, she runs, she breaks out of her dental chair and runs over to uh, the receptionist desk and in front of everybody wraps herself in the phone cord, calls Arnold. Nobody answers. She leaves a message. And as she's leaving a message, the laughing gas starts to wear off and she looks around at all the laughing, uh, not the laughing gas, the laughing uh, dentist, the receptionist, all of the people waiting in the waiting room. And she realizes what she's done and she screams her famous abject scream that uh, echoes across the city all the way to Arnold and Gerald who are walking back home. Uh, and Arnold is like, did you hear something? And Gerald says, hear what? Uh, and then we're now in their story, which is uh, Arnold and Gerald are on their way to meet the rest of the guys at Arnold's house to talk about a go-kart that they're saving up for. Um they run into Grandpa and Mr. Kakashka, who are basically part of a B-plot, which is them playing checkers. Um, there's not much more than that. Uh, uh, so as Arnold and Gerald go into the house to get ready for this meeting, Helga shows up, and she's trying to figure out a way to get that uh, message on the answering machine. So she decides to impersonate a Campfire Lass, which is like, um, it's Hey Arnold's alternate reality version of a Girl Scout. Uh, but instead of cookies, the campfire lass sells chocolate turtles. Helga beats up a campfire lass, puts on the kilt and sash, and rings the doorbell to try to sell uh, turtles to Grandpa. Um, while Grandpa's uh, figuring out who she is, calling Arnold to the front door, she sneaks in, uh, and Grandpa remarks, I think that was the ghost of a campfire lass. But that doesn't matter. She's in. Uh, she checks the first phone, nothing there has a, has a, a, basically almost runs into Mr. Wynn, Mr. Kakashka, grandpa. So she runs upstairs uh, and hides in the dumb waiter. Um, she sees where the message machine is, but she can't get to it for many reasons. The first reason grandpa, Mr. Kakashka and Mr. Wynn walk by to play checkers. Reason two, uh, Arnold and every one of her friends uh, shows up uh, and plays with stinky's, paper airplane glider that he got and they're so excited they're considering having the meeting in the hallway so helga calls phoebe uh and convinces her uh to get the jolly ollie man to change his route and drive by the boarding house which works all all of her friends uh surprised by the by the occurrence of a, a random act of ice cream uh run outside to get to get something from the Jolly Ollie man. So then we come to reason number three, grandma gets to the message machine uh, and plays it and takes uh, notes of what Helga is saying. Oh, it's almost over for Helga. Except when grandma reveals what the message said to Arnold, she completes it, gets, gets it wrong, confuses Helga for Helen of Troy, which is fair. <laughs> She's an intense, beautiful woman like Helga, right? Uh, so Helga's still in the clear. She reaches down Mission Impossible style uh, in the empty hallway to get the uh, cassette and she gets it and she's in the clear. She is climbing through the air ducts, trying to get out, decides to try to trapeze Tarzan uh, through a window at the top of a wall only to hit the wall and 
fall through Arnold's couch, uh, hidey hole, to pop out covered in dust with the cassette tape in her mouth in front of every kid in the room. And uh, I must say, it's one of the most iconic um, moments in the show. This silent, eerie music playing as she tiptoes out as everyone watches her in stunned silence. But she got it. Her nightmare is over uh, until the campfire lasts and her Scottish friends uh, attack her um, in retribution for stealing campfire lasses outfit to begin with. And that is the very plot heavy, plot heavy episode. Helga Blabzal. Thank you for sitting with me. There were a lot of facts to remember. Maybe I didn't need to, to say all those facts. I don't know, but I did. Hi, Adam. Hello, Corey. So, um, we didn't talk much about before off mic about, um, like a, a, a scene that encapsulates the episode. Cause I think it's kind of hard to do that. I think I have a couple ideas of what I would want to show just for fun, maybe later, but I don't know if there's really a scene. No, I think it depends on what it is that you want to talk about. But I think the way, like you were saying, the sort of narrative runs through is that the every part of it is kind of happening not simultaneously but it's like happening in sort of like a flow almost like a river and so every part of it is as important as the thing that happened yes, before yes, it and after yes. it and so there's no, i don't think there's like one in my mind like one super scene. distinct scene besides the one that you talked about being sort of just really good writing yeah 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 like there's some funny scenes that maybe we can play later in the episode when we, when we bring them up but um yeah the the my gut for this episode uh, this is the first episode on at least Hulu's list of season three. And um, we we watched it last week to kind of start thinking about it, get, you know, getting back into recording. And um, th- both this episode and the next episode are very solid plot episodes of Hey Arnold, where it felt like the writing um, was exactly what they wanted it to be. And it, and it paid off in a way, like visually and with the characters that... I mean, there, it was a combination of, like, all the fun you want with really kind of tight plot writing as well. Yeah, and I think for our purposes, there's a lot I think you can unpack from this episode. And then in terms of just sort of the, like, on-the-nose um, writing for the show, like there's like you said in the introduction, there's like this, I think you said, there's like this moment of uh, Helga realizing just how much of her life she yes. spent in love with this single, yeah, yeah. single person and there's something about that it's like that's a re- reoccurring thing throughout the show obviously yeah but there's this weird realization of like just the amount of time that has been spent on this single thing. yeah and maybe and maybe that's kind of it's at least the 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 opening scenes are at least the catalyst for the episode maybe not the, yeah. the thesis necessarily because i don't think there is uh as much as i've seen in other episodes um but what the episode basically is about, I guess, is Helga, Helga's anxieties kind of coming to a reality, which, which basically the, the dentist is saying your anxieties are going to go down and her anxieties are strange because in reality, her, um, her life, her interior life is not anxious at all. She knows who she is. She's very confident. She's a great writer. She's very romantic, poetic. Um, and so when she's speaking into the message machine, um, 
you know, when she leaves a message, that's like truly her. There's no, the viewer knows that because we've seen her in her intimate, you know, private spaces. Um, but what breaks when the, when the laughing gas kind of drops is Helga, those anxieties, those boundaries come back up and she realizes that she has crossed a line that she cannot uncross now, uh, which is revealing her true self. And so it's interesting that like, it really is healthy for her to just be honest. Um, but her anxieties are keeping her from being that actually, I guess. Totally. It almost reminds me of like when people do like, uh, like drug assisted psychoanalysis where like they'll do therapy sessions like with the aiding of or, or hypnosis hypnosis. Yeah. Or they'll use like LSD mushrooms, MDMA, whatever these sort of drugs are as like a way to enter a part of your brain that, and some people say meditation does sort right, of a similar right. thing. Flo- floaty uh, ayahuasca tanks. or whatever these yeah. things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensory deprivation. P- pick your thing. I call them floaty tanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a technical term, uh, yeah. floaty tanks. Um, but it's sort of that sort of moment where she's like un- uncovering a lot about herself. She's yes, being vulnerable yes. with like her therapist. <laughs> the AKA den- dentist. dentist. Yeah, and yeah. then sort of like a small sample size of like the population at large, which is like the people in the waiting room. Yeah. And yes, they think she's absurd. They think it is ridiculous. And then she casts the thing out and it sort of creates momentum on its own yeah. that she can't restrain. And then she sort of has yes, to deal with yes. what is this? If, when you give your feelings to out into the world, like what are the potential responses of that? And and one of them can definitely be sheer confusion, like represented yes. by grandma who like right, does right, right. not understand at all what is going on. Yeah. Or it could be a variety of other things: people laughing, people thinking it's sweet, which I think probably if you look at the we, we were to watch it the again, dentist and the assistant, yes. they're like aw, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the people, are, other people are laughing. So, and I think that's a fair representation of when you're vulnerable. What happens yes. is the masses, which the show kind of addresses a lot in various points, can kind of like have this base emotion of laughter, mocking. Right, these sorts right, of things. right. But there will be people that genuinely think that it is a sort of uh, like worthwhile or heartfelt thing um, as represented by the dentist and his assistant. Yeah, I think, you know, now that we've talked about it, I think it might be worth playing basically from her revealing the, the six years of love all the way to her scream. I think it might be worth playing that so let's do that how's the gas hey this is great doc i mean i'm not feeling anxious about the dental procedure at all hey gorilla wait this is a-okay with me everything's fine here doc you have one happy patient man i'm feeling goofy i'm telling you doc this arnold guy he's been on my mind morning noon and night for the past six years well you don't say i mean think about that when you consider that I am currently nine years old, that is fully two-thirds of my young life. Is that crazy or what? Why do I torture myself by keeping it all a big secret? Uh, finishing up here. What's the sense of that? Why not just tell Arnhem? Oh, Arnold, 
Arnold, it's me, Helga. Yes, Helga G. Pataki, the one who worships you. Yes, wakes each day full of passionate thoughts of you. Oh, my angel, sweet love. Oh, how I love something just now no there are a lot of reasons to like that scene um i think visually and and just hearing the acting performance it's her spinning in the chair singing lullaby is it is maybe the most free and unfettered uh that helga has ever been in this show um and she maybe has been close to this, uh, you know, in her closet with the bubblegum Arnold, like that open. But in public, her being so joyful and free, it's it's kind of um, I, I, beautiful is too strong of a term, term, but it's it's nice to see her anxieties lifted like that. Totally. And then but you also understand that while you like expressing yourself is a good thing to do. Like there is a way that is appropriate to do it. And she was doing it in an appropriate fashion, which is why the sort of laughter, it makes sense as a response. Um, But yeah, so it's funny that even when she is sort of, I mean, and this makes sense because there's the laughing gas and everything involved, but even when she is sort of engaging in her emotions, it's so over the top and so inappropriate in the way that it is done. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like, uh, yeah, you're right. It's not just healthy what she's doing. I no. mean, part it, of it is part definitely. of it is yes. But you shouldn't like realize a feeling, feel comfortable with that feeling, and then reach for a device to sort of transmit yeah. that yeah, yeah. to the other person immediately. Because there should be some filtering. I mean, it is a it is a drunk feelings. phone call. It, it really is. is. And I think there's a part of this that I would love to go into that has oh. to do with technology, yes, social media, yes. and this that that sort of thing. Because yeah. I think this is. An absurdist, absurd situation yeah. that I think way more people find themselves in yes. now oh. than they ever would have then. And through yeah. social media, cell phones. Well, and we can go into that now or later. Or yeah, I, 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 mm, I want to get into kind of the uh, some of the plot points that are really funny. But I, uh, let's put a pin in technology yeah. Yeah, and yeah. finish kind of like just dissecting how great this plot is. Yeah. And then I think... You have some ideas about technology. I have some ideas about um, ghost stories, and we can uh, see where those go. Um, so, yes, yeah, some more uh, like great plot points that, and and this is you know Craig Bartlett wrote this episode, and it shows that he still has a handle. Three seasons in, as the basically the creative director of the show, he's the he's the creative head. He still has a handle of um, uh, plot writing. He still got it. He still got it. Um, and and. Even though there's only a little bit of character development, the bits that you get are very good, which is Helga mentioning that she's loved him for six of the nine years. Like, that's a big reveal because I don't think we knew that yet. Um, They go into more detail of her childhood, you know, even younger childhood crush on Arnold. But, um, yeah, this is kind of the first moment of that. I also love um, the meta irony of all of her friends in the in the hallway it's it's I do think it's mostly for the adults because it's it's like of course of course all these kids are gonna play with a glider in the hallway like they've probably never been in that hallway together ever before in their life and they they wrote it out where you know Craig writes it out where the moment that Helga needs them not there is right when they're there and every character kind of has their moment like st- like 
like podunk stinky excited about a glider and Harold wanting to like pass it to me and Curly's um, on the nose response of why don't we have the meeting right here in the hallway is such a great gift for um, uh, kind of like basic comedy lovers. It's like a wink and a nod. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think that's basic comedy writing. It's not very um, like it's more of a yuck yuck than a, um, like an in-depth It's comedic. not super sophisticated. No, it's not sophisticated, but it's very sharp. It's a sharp, it's useful. tight moment yeah. um, that, you know, when we were, when we watched it the first time, we laughed out loud because it's, it, it, because Curly's the best character to say that and it's a funny line. Um, and Helga instantly responding, like, why doesn't everybody come here? Um, shows that she's watching it along with us. Like, she's, in that moment, we're the same person. Like, yes. what are they doing in this room? Because I don't think they are. I don't think there is ever a scene where they're all at at Arnold's place together. Not yet. Not no. that many people. Yeah. No. Like all the guys yes. from the. Yes, <laughs> that has never happened in the show. <laughs> um, and Curly, Curly saying when the ice cream, when Jolly Ollie Man comes, what a crazy turn of events. Again, a nod to the adults watching the show. Like, the writers know what they're doing. It's not obviously. It's it's a well plotted moment. Um, uh, one last plot moment that is just throwaway that actually becomes a running gag of the show is when Helga calls Phoebe and goes into this long tirade and the guy in the pizza joint says, I don't know who you are. Stop calling me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good moment. It's good. It's like a throwaway moment that is not necessary at all, but it becomes, I, they do it at least two or three more times in the show, which is, it's always, that character is just a great no name guy. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just like, it, it can't, and campfire lasts and, um, uh, grandpa and Mr. Kakashka arguing about checkers. There are so many background moments that are not really important to the, um, to the main plot, but these B plots are, uh, valuable to the fabric of the show. And since we know uh, Craig is definitely listening, we said that 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 comedy writing earlier wasn't super sophisticated. But while that moment may not have been like you're saying, the sort of the way that the the plot points are and the the B plots are like weaved in with one yes, another yes. is very sophisticated. Yeah, I mean the the B plot is is either Grandpa trying to play checkers or it's the guys by, trying to save up for the go kart. So these totally. three plots are happening all at once. Yeah. And if they weren't happening at the same time, then it wouldn't have been as funny. And they're, the B and C plot are simple enough that there's not much math having to be done for Craig and the other writers to like, how is this going to work out? Like, it was just simple enough to where it made sense. I didn't feel like there were like loopholes like, how did they get up there? No, like, no. And, and when they do do that, they're doing it for a comedic purpose yes yes and they call that out even themselves which is what we were talking about before and i think there's there's like this sort of like locomotive component to the writing in this where yes. like it's very just the steady pace going straight ahead and doesn't ever really stop like the tempo yeah. of the show kind of carries forward and yeah. weaving all of those different storylines in with it sort of even adds in the sort of feeling of a momentum that's being gathered yeah and really each each close call she has is bigger than the last. Yeah. Um, and it ends with one of my favorite moments of the show, which is her falling through um, the hidey hole uh, chair. I don't know what you call it, like a, like a hideaway bed, but it's a couch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, her rolling through that covered in dust with a cassette in her mouth and surrounded by all these guys who were just like eating ice cream and talking about a go-kart. And all of a sudden Helga is there and 
that combination of what we already know about Helga, which is that this is her most mortifying moment of her life combined with the music and the, um, the action of her like tiptoeing backwards uh, and all of the guys not saying a word, just like holding their ice cream and looking at her. It's such a perfectly um, scripted and blocked moment um, that it, it's burned in my memory. It's yeah. such a, it's so good. It is really funny. And, and I think there's some sort of, there's some part of it where like her crawling through the in, inside of the house is like really represent and then kind of popping in and out at different moments. And then you, even the small point where you're saying we're like the, the sort of tuck away couch, yeah. you see the backside of that. And then she comes through that. There's something about all of that where it's like her sort of, it almost feels like you, like her going through her own brain and oh, kind of weaving so her way yes, through yes, and then yes. coming out at different moments and being yeah. exposed to different yeah. moments and then being tucked and hidden away. And so the way that she maneuvers through the innards of the house is sort of like, it feels like how sort of her emotions sort of run right, right. through her and, and how the exposure to others sort of comes out at random points. And some, sometimes it's like, well, um, sort of, uh, planned and then there's other points where she literally bursts through and that's yeah. sort of how her emotions sort of yes, work too yes oh that's really good and to to kind of um d- double down on that theory um she calls it her nightmare once or twice at yeah, least. yeah yeah um she sees this as a non-reality thing yes um and i do have yeah i have more thoughts about like um the specter ghostness of helga in this episode um, which we can dive into. Uh, I want to do that after we talk about the technology. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I think so, there's a lead in yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other... Uh, yeah, I think I think that those are the big plot points. I want to hear... Yeah, t- let's dive into the digital stuff. Yeah, so I, d- I think there there's a... Yeah, so there, there's a part of this definitely where technology is involved in this episode. Right. And, and, and it's sort of technology that even maybe some younger people have never been exposed to in their lives. And we even noted an architectural move in the, in the show to have the sort of nook. Yeah. There's a phone nook. Phone nook. Yeah. Under the stairs. That was funny. Yeah. And and great. And so there is a a technological component of this as well, but I think you can sort of push that and bring it to our um, sort of like a modern experience, which is the idea of sort of information that is shared on modes of communication that would basically have sort of papered over the the sort of rotary telephone or whatever telephone they're using and message machine being cell phone, social media and all of those things. And this idea of like communication constantly having a paper trail. And so uh, I have coworkers and friends and they're dating online and people will send them DMS in their, in their uh, dating app. And they will think these DMS are ridiculous they will screenshot these DMs and then send them to group text messages, right, show right. them to me at work. And this may seem like just sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, like ridiculous way of sort of maneuvering through um, the dating world yeah, yeah. In, a, in a contemporary fashion. But I think there's something very similar to this, which is like that idea of the paper trail. Like these things that you send out, these bits of feelings or emotions or thoughts mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. like sort of don't just disappear and, and, and then don't go away. Like they always sort of exist and you lose control of them once you've sent them out into the world. And that's even more prevalent now. And I think if we were to sort of talk to um, young kids in high school or middle school who engage with us all the time, like the, the anxiety of being in, at school, the anxiety of socializing, mm-hmm. right? And our youth being like, oh, like 30 somethings yeah. essentially, 
you could sort of turn that shit on and off as you wanted to. Like you could go into school, have a weird day, get bullied or whatever, or like make fun of somebody and then leave and go home. And it sort of, it still is seared in your mind, but it doesn't literally follow you. Um, And nowadays that isn't the case. Like it never goes away. So you can have a weird interaction. You could piss your pants in class. Someone takes a photo of that and then it, it cycles its way through the world and you have to sort of live with that, navigate that. And I think this moment of Helga's is really funny that it's, it's you. They probably never thought what we're living right. through now would ever have come to be, but it's like sort of a very early basic form of that sort of phenomenon. Yeah, and I think so. To like maybe connect it to past episodes, um, a really good a really good episode that is similar to this, and there are a lot of theories that I can even pull from that episode to here. Um, which is uh, the one where Helga lets go of her pink book with the poetry in it, and she signs her name at the bottom, and yes. Arnold and Gerald get it. Um, that it, that episode was such a theoretical, philosophical conversation about um, more about art, but if nothing else, about the author's intent and, yeah. and should the author be known. Um, and it was theoretical. It like. You know, is that really ever going to happen? It's more like a thought experiment. What would happen if Helga's, um, you know, uh, book was let go? This is if you take that and give it a real, like a reality, which yeah. is it's not just the theory of like losing a losing a note to a that you wrote to a person and that person picks it up. Like very rare that that's going to happen. She chose in her drugged stupor to call Arnold on a digital platform and be recorded forever. Yeah. And and, oh, man, there's, like, a lot of interesting, like, spectral stuff about how a message on a cassette exists and doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and can be erased or live forever depending on how it's recorded. So totally. I think that'll lead into our next conversation pretty well. And, like, and she, like building on what you said really quick, she even has more control over the situation, obviously, than, than people do now. Oh, like, yeah. Because oh, totally. the, it is it is true that the, that thing only – like, there was – potentially only one version of that thing out floating uh-huh, around in the world uh-huh. where now you could have it literally infinite. Yeah. It's infinite. Yeah. Amounts copy of paste, copy yes. paste. And yeah, all of this. So if this episode is the doubling down of the theoretical things they talked about in Helga's little pink book episode, yeah. it also is the analog version of the digital revolution that you and I are part of now, which is the copy paste stuff. Like the analog version of all of your friends, instead of receiving the text message, walking into the hallway where that message is played out loud. Like that, that doesn't happen anymore because everyone has it on their phones in their bedroom. Yeah. Like imagine, but, but the closest thing you can compare it to, it's as if, so I know we're kind of doing some backwards work here um, because as you mentioned, like they didn't have any idea that this was going to be our digital future, that texting um, dick pics and, um, you know, forwarding emails, all that stuff wasn't really a thing in 1987. I mean, I guess forwarding emails was, but you know what I mean? Like that the proliferation of the copy paste life um, wasn't a thing back then. So yeah, we're doing some backwards work, but I think it does make sense that this is the analog version, the real life version of a dick pic basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. And I think, yeah, I don't know. And I think there, so you wanted to talk about like ghosts and that sort right, of thing. Right, and right. I think in it, in it, without going into that too much, I think what is very interesting is sort of the way that like um, 
the idea of ghosts and these things sort of like existing and not existing right. and like sort of like a ubiquity where you don't know where it ends and where it begins like is exactly the same in the sort of technology that we live in now. Yes, 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 yes. And yeah. I, so I think there is like a very interesting overlap between uh, the two things. Yeah, yeah. There's all this talk about like, well, you know, for, for the president, for example, you tweeted it, therefore you said it. But some would argue that's not the same as saying it. And that's a real conversation about what um, what institutes like an admission of guilt or uh, like is is being taped without your consent. Is that enough proof? Is. Yeah. There's so many different um, like the law around digital yeah. and filmed media is very complicated because obviously the founders weren't thinking of that um, when they wrote the Constitution. So like your your the freedom to consent to like it's more than just saying, yeah, I know I was just fooled on candid camera. You can use it on TV like that. That problem in 19, you know, 57 when that show was first conceived is now like to the nth degree, which is to say like yeah the it's now google glass instead of candid camera it's like the most intense version of like digital law basically and i don't know where i was going with that i kind of got on it no but I, I i but i do, i do see what you're saying about it's almost like i think when you're talking about the uh the comparison to the president it's almost like this idea that this this thing matters but like we're not going to treat it the same way as other things yes, that yes. have a, more of a historical context, and I think that's insane if you think about it. Because yeah. when people send, and this is where bullying online becomes a whole thing yeah. too, trolling becomes a thing. There's this sort of weird space with anonymity online and stuff, uh-huh. and um, but it is almost like this. There is that those types of communication lie in this world that is to be taken extremely seriously, but also is not like take but it isn't at the same yeah, time yeah yeah which is very it's like that liminal sort of thing like yep. we talk about a lot which we'll jump into right now because i have some theories about this sh- about this episode uh, so it, it's introduced first when helga shows up as the campfire lass which already is such a liminal thing um uh her dressing up as something she is not like kind of s- like what's your whistle a little bit but the part that really nails it is grandpa saying i think that was a phantom campfire last because she just disappears um and where does she go she basically goes to haunt the house um to cause mischief to um steal a thing that once belonged to her uh and i'm i'm stretching a little bit and i think it's because i watched the haunting of hill house (laughs) um but a lot of that is about what what exists behind the walls um there are a lot of scenes in that show where um because they're like fixing up the house, they you know look behind a wall and there's a dead body there. And one kid gets sent down a uh, um, a dumbwaiter and sees a like a monster in the basement. And that is kind of what's happening to Helga. And I think we hinted at it with the nightmare scenario of her going through the bowels of her mind, um, the bowels of the house. Um, so she feels like this. Uh, specter, you know, hiding in cobwebs and it, and it, and like you mentioned also about her existence popping in and out of reality, um, popping, um, you know, like breaking through the walls in kind of violent and scary ways. And then like retreating back into the, back into the holes of the, of the spaces uh, of, of, of the hallways. And it ends with this like really massive, and it's not like, it's not horror movie scary it's 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 just 
like technically a spectral ghostly moment where she falls out of the couch from behind the route, you know, in the rafters, she's covered in dust. She even looks like a ghost. She looks like this haunted thing, doesn't say a word and then disappears again, never to be seen again. Well, in the way they treat her as if they witnessed a ghost. Yes. Or it's like this sort of like collective hallucination where like they mm-hmm. all recognized mm-hmm. it, but like, it's so strange and seems like a thing that could never happen. Yes. And that it's sort of just passed by. And I think she sees herself as an other. She mm-hmm. always has. And, um, you know, her saying no human, even when she says no human ears can hear this message, um, that that's another hint. There are many hints, like all in like five seconds of, uh, her breaking into the house basically that reflect this otherworldly event that's about to happen. Um, so it's interesting. Like, I don't know. They definitely did not mean to do that. Um, I I think they might've like slightly though, because mm. I think what they did with that moment is they, they married the sort of like heist thing. Yes. Yes. With the sort of, like ghost-like thing as well. Yeah. And because I think like the dust on the face, the way she moves through the room and sort of the way that you would think about uh, is often you like ghost and hauntings are portrayed in horror movies and, and stuff is it's some instances of like the ghost is like writing a wrong, mm. like they were tr- mistreated or there was a thing that was yes, done to them. Definitely. And definitely. their, their reason they've chosen this environment is because they're trying to write this wrong yes. and fix this thing. And that's what she's doing. Yes. And so I think there's a lot of ways that that sort of is apt and it fits. Oh, I definitely think it fits. And even if they didn't quote mean to, I, I love the way it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, her like basically her fear of being seen, um, even which connects back to her kind of emotional opening up under, under the influence. Mm-hmm. Um, she realizes, oh my gosh, I've like my true self has been revealed. I need to hide again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so emotionally, um, that's shown by her getting back the tape. Um, but physically, that's her seeing um, the boarders and grandpa walking up the stairs and her disappearing into the dumbwaiter. Um, it's a, I mean, there's a lot of disappearing acts in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, there, there's like a part where grandma like thinks she hears something and she's like looking around. Um, so th- yeah, there are noises and kind of strange events. So it really, it really makes sense to me. And yeah, I'm trying to like think of how much deeper that spectral theories go. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. But there is a, so I just had a weird realization that is even stranger, but has nothing to do with the ghost cool. thing is so when so we we think of grandma as being insane, yeah. right? But it what if it is possible that we are hearing the message the way that Helga thinks that it is being expressed, but truly what is being said is what grandma hears, which is she's on oh, drugs. Interesting. And when people are on the laughing gas, <laughs> say insane shit. Like when I got my yeah. wisdom teeth out, I blabbered on like a fool. Yeah. I like acted like an idiot. You say just like incoherent yeah. bullshit yeah. and it's very possible that's actually what I was on the that. tape that's a great uh that's and, a great reddit theory yes that's and, a great reddit theory <laughs> and i think that actually <laughs> might be true because even in a narrative fashion it would work it would make sense to to write it as us hearing it through helga's perspective yeah, but in reality yeah. that not even being the case yep, yep. and her overthinking it 
And yeah. and yeah, and that sort of disconnect between when you're on drugs sometimes you think things are away, but they are actually a completely <laughs> a different well, way. Yeah, her her um come down. I don't know what you would call that. Her Yeah, kind of. Her 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 come down from this drug experience is her breaking into a house to steal back a message. Like it's That may so... have not been what she thought it was. Exactly. It it, it like it shows in part how crazy she is, and I use crazy loosely, how, how, what an intense, she lives an intense life. And so it makes sense that the second most crazy thing after revealing the darkness of her heart, her, her well, really the romance of her heart, mm-hmm. the second craziest thing, the thing after that is her breaking into a house. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her sanity. Yeah, yeah. Her sanity is, is well, it's like beating up. preservation <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, which actually says even more about her character than loving Arnold for six yes. out of nine years. Yeah, it does. Although that is such a great reveal. Um, and it's such a self-aware reveal that she only gets under the influence. It's, it's a great burglary. She commits a hate crime against a young Scottish woman. Yeah. And then, yeah, she'll, she'll do anything. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. It wraps up nicely. Like there's no moral at the end. She just gets chased away by a bunch of campfire lasses. Yeah. And uh, campfire lasses are another, um, uh, running gag that is started uh, in this episode. So it's yeah. great. It's it's great. Well, she might have been in one other, but this is like the her first big, big role. And it's really it's it's um, Francesca Smith. I think that's her name. Uh, the voice of hell gets the same voice, mm-hmm. which you can kind of hear. One's yeah, yeah. just Scottish and the other isn't. Um, so what about uh? Yeah, I don't. Is there anything else on the top of your mind about this episode? No. I think that's the public phone. The public phone school is pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. That's Helga's excuse when she's looking at the phone and Mr. Wayne she's catches an her. Yeah. Yeah. The public phone school. And he just like throws up his arms and says, this, this crazy is... country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny scene. There's a lot of good bits. This is a good episode now. Okay. So cry of the week. Um, this episode is more, is so much of a, you know, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Like, uh, caper episode that it's yeah. hard to find that, but I think there are some good moments. Um, for me, I mean, it's when she realizes what she's done when, when she mm-hmm. becomes lucid, it's like, it's not a cry of sadness. It's like, it really is fear. Yeah. It's, it's dread. And, yeah. And, and it's, um, it's revealing and it's, uh, what's it called? when it's like intimate, you, you are being, it's very vulnerable. It's like yeah. the most vulnerable moment she's had so far. Um, and I feel for her. Yeah. She overshared and realized it mid sentence. What I'll, I, I'll, I'll double down on your. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best it's, one. I think it's the, the most applicable, but I think there's also something sort of sad and you can relate this to just a uh, other like normal life is that like people that have a certain disposition and then they try to break that. Yes. And then they just get fucked. And then you see like, Oh, really good. You, you know That's what I mean? Really and then it could be a thing where like, Oh, well now I'm never going to be vulnerable yes, again yes, because yes. I did it that one time yeah. and you saw what happened. And it's like, no, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's still, there's other issues there, but like you can, it's sort of understandable. Her saying my nightmare is over is her saying I will never be vulnerable again. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Not true. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> She's, it, it keeps happening. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, I think there are at least three episodes that have the same theme of Helga saying too much. The first is the pink book. The second is um, this cassette tape episode. The third is um, when Arnold adopts a parrot 
that he finds that was once Big Bob's and Helga slept talk her love for Arnold and the parrot picked it up. And so it's like one upping every single time how complicated her reveal is. Um, and I don't remember if there are more than that, but I know at least those three happen. And I think it's a really good... Um, so one, I think it's a good form for the writers. Like how is Helga going to reveal it next? But it's not just a good form that stays the same. I like that they they lift it up to a more intense, like an intense reality. Yeah. And it deals with the idea of like suppressing emotions and the oh, problems yeah. that come with that. Yeah. The, Helga is the most suppressive character. Mm-hmm. She like suppresses. And that's, I, that might even be the whole, a lot of the characters on the show suppress stuff. Um, and I think next episode it's a Harold centric episode and there's a lot of suppressed, interesting feelings that come up for him that are very great too. Um, but Helga definitely is the queen of, suppressing we didn't pick a song because we forgot no but we'll tag one on the yeah we'll 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 tag one and we'll mention it in the in the intro so if you haven't i guess reverse your brain and remember what we already (laughs) said uh but yeah thanks for returning with us um we're we're back in the saddle baby back in the saddle feels great uh rate and review email us at hey.handledhey at gmail.com and uh yes yeah all those send us an email good. send us the it's emails nice. that's our favorite it makes thing. us feel good it does otherwise um, what's it all for really remember there's a little football head yeah. in all of us <laughs> that's what it's for it's a cheap alright bye 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 bye